0: Thought we'd
1: roll out a once in a lifetime business opportunity. Music. Inter. Worldwide. Why? Why? why, why. Worldwide. Oh. oh no. <laughs> Ciao, buongiorno a tutti ragazzi, it feels like so long since I've recorded a legitimate podcast, so I'm so happy to be sitting by my brother one, brother two, Bruno, all the way from 1.2 kilometers away from me right now. What's going on, G?
0: Uh, Nothing much, nothing much. It's countdowns on, about two and a half weeks till the season starts, and there is so much content to cover, so let's get straight into this.
1: 100% and all the way from San Francisco, Alessandro, how are you my friend? Oh good,
2: I'm not sure how many kilometers or miles are from here (laughs) to where you live, but yeah, that's all fine, I'll find the side COVID and fires and all kind of crazy things, you know. So seen
1: So I've seen. We've got some crazy things in this area as well, such as Bruno, but you know what, we handle that pretty (laughs) tamely over here. Um, Let's go straight into the fixtures and I will start with the ever so handsome Bruno. We locked down a pretty tough fixture list, my friend. The fixture list will be the first thing we talk about today before we talk about Mercato sort of stuff, which... I now classify as pure mental illness disorder level bullshit. So that's why I'm barely entertaining that at the moment. But fixtures, Bruno, a little bit tough at the start. So I'm going to go a different route in this podcast. I'm going to give both you and my guest Alessandro the fixture list. And let's run through how your reactions are. The first fixture we're away to Benevento. Now, Benevento smashed the Serie B last season. They're in a great position with Inzaghi tactical-wise. They've just signed Jed Vinio and they're in the market for a few other players. Bruno, how do you react to our opener and how do you react to it along with Atalanta's first fixture being postponed a little bit later on, bro?
0: Uh, look, it's similar to last season's fixture where we commenced the season with the newly promoted Lecce. Um, yes. I think it is a great fixture for Inter in the sense of, you know what? Well, yeah, Benevento, they might have they set records in the Serie B last season, but at the same time, this isn't the Serie B. There are no Lukaku's, there's no Cristiano Ronaldo's, there's nothing like that in the Serie B. So... I yeah. always find the newly promoted teams at the start of the season, no matter how good they are, will struggle just until they, 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 lack, they get rid of nerves and stuff. Now, what helps these newly promoted teams as well is um, the lack of crowds. So I'm not sure when stadiums will start filling people again, but the lack of crowds will assist because there's no intimidation factor. Now, just on Ale's point earlier, I've just done a quick Google. You are approximately 12,000 kilometers away from us.
2: That's good to know. If I ever want to take a walk (laughs) and a swim. (laughs) (laughs) But
0: yeah, so um, yeah, that's that's what I think of Benevento. Um, I I haven't seen anything, you know, ironclad official, but there have been speculations and rumors of the entire Atalanta games with various news resources um, actually stating that they have been delayed. I do know that Manchester United, Manchester City in England have been pushed back a week as well to accommodate their European, their longer European and longer season. Um, So if it does happen, we do start with
1: Fiorentina.
0: So can I out, can I
1: interrupt you, Bruno? Like, can I interrupt you, bro? Do you agree with the decision? Because for no. like me personally, I feel like we've had enough time to relax. It's not like the no. buffer zone was uh, three I days. The buffer zone's agree. been almost weeks. There, thank you. Go on,
0: bro. I don't. I, I don't agree. I, I feel we should all start with a level playing field. So teams Work. like Inter, Atalanta, and Lazio, who last season were competing for first spot, go into the opening fixture with potentially Juventus, Milan, Roma, all taking three points from their first game um, and us being three points behind. Yes, we're a game in hand, but we're still starting behind the eight ball. And I just feel, yeah, it wasn't a three-day turnaround. It wasn't a seven-day turnaround. We've had approximately three to four weeks minimum before the start of the season. Let's just do it. Let's get this season running. Now, I don't know. We, we start with Fiorentina last season. They had two draws with them. We yeah. had two draws with them. So, let's see how they go this season. Ale, what do you think of our opening? We'll say, Oh, let's talk about the opening two fixtures because the opening fixture hasn't been set in stone
2: yet. Good call. Sure. Uh, I mean, the, as you were mentioning, Benevento last season in Serie B was like, amazing, but uh, they're also one of the most active uh, Serie A team on the transfer market right now. So, Inzaghi is going to work with a very different roster compared to, to last season and I think it's going to take a little bit of time to adapt mm. both to Serie A and to the new, uh, the new way that it's going to find for the team um so of course you can always go back to the 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 previous uh tactics but i don't know uh it's a it's a new team i mean for at least for compared to last season to set it out. so you should have a little bit more advantage at the same time we always we also have uh, quite a new fa- number of faces in in, uh, in our team, so um, I don't know. Honestly, whoever we play, it doesn't matter at this point of the season because we still have to uh, get in shape. We we had like a super short vacation window. Uh, mm. compared to every other team, because I mean, uh, Atalanta is the only one who will play after us in Serie A. So, you know, uh, if you think of uh, Lazio, if you think of any other team, we, we have zero vacation, and uh, maybe at the beginning we, we will not notice that. But by the end of the season, that's going to be uh, something to consider for the players because they will be playing Can I just non-stop. jump right in there? Can I sure. just jump, jump
0: right in there? Um, I forgot to mention, and you touched a very good point there, Benevento would have been the perfect start for Inter with, with the introduction of players like Hakimi to experiment. But i got to counter what you, you concluded with there, with the end of the season catching up with us. You've got to remember... Euros is on this year, and the Euros at the end of this season, right? So the Euros are coming up, which means that you're going to have a lot of players who are... It's a dress rehearsal for the World Cup squads, virtually, right? That's how I look at it. When's the Euros,
1: bro? What month? What month next year is the Euros? uh, June, June.
0: July. June, July. That's
1: so crap, bro. Are you serious? Uh, I can't believe they're even on international duty at the moment.
0: No, no, but look at it like this, right? You look at it like this, right? So the players in our squad, and I'm not talking, you know, one or two players. I'm talking almost every single player in our squad is going to have to play their hearts out to make the squad for Euros. Because you know what? There is such a... It's a one-year turnaround, or, well, 18-month turnaround from Euros to World Cup. So this is a dress rehearsal for World Cup. These players... Uh Are going to play their hearts out to make this international squad. Yeah. So, so I think come to the end, back end of the season where we've got the um our second last fixture I believe is against Juventus, we're going to have to. You're going to see a different motivation behind all these players than what you would see in the first half of the season because they've got a whole lot more to play for. Anyway, At the sorry end. for cutting yeah. off.
1: That's right. Alessandro makes a great point, and so do you, Bruno. The thing I want to bring up as well is that everyone in that inter-training camp medical staff and physiology team is in charge of the training thresholds and the recovery system. So if there does become a situation that the fixtures are piling up and we need more endurance, well, this professional club that pumps millions of dollars into staffing every year should have the medics and the physiologists to regulate training thresholds during the week and in between games to make sure that cardiorespiratory fitness is up to scratch like at the end of the day it's actually not as complicated as it sounds like when fixtures pile up you need to cap the training thresholds physically of your players tactically they can be adaptable as they want during the week in between games you can run 50 sessions a day on tactical implementation but they don't need to run it physically every single day so in terms of endurance and in terms of physiology i would like our club and i'm sure bruno will agree with this please Please rectify your mistakes from last season. Please don't push those players that are at 70% fitness to come back straight away. And please don't push them to do line sprints in training if they're not up to the scratch. I don't want integral players missing six weeks, eight weeks at a time. It doesn't seem fair. And I also don't like the fact that Stefano Sensi is going to start for Mancini's Italy in a friendly this week. But what do you do? Alessandro, I'm going to go straight to you for the next part because um, you were cut a little bit short. We've got a few tough fixtures after that. So in terms of facing Fiorentina, I'm okay with the, facing them straight away because I feel like the longer we wait to face Fiorentina, that's the worst thing for us and we're going to cop some bullshit 94th minute goal. So Fiorentina, Lazio away in Rome will be very tif- difficult. And then you can finish off with the Milan derby our home game, 18th of October 2020. Yeah,
2: so Fiorentina is one, so far is one of the teams that improved the, uh, the most, in my opinion. Uh, it kept the core and it added a couple of very good elements. So, yeah, as you were saying, probably it's, uh, it's a good thing we, we play Fiorentina at the beginning, so they still have time to uh, in, improve with other teams not with us uh, Lazio on the other side is not so good that we play at the beginning because um, as we saw last year last year <laughs> I mean, this season uh, when they have a week to rest Lazio is a very good team um, this year they're going to have Champions League, they're going to have Coppa Italia they're going to have Serie A so if you find Lazio in the middle of all that, uh, all those games, maybe you have a better possibility to win uh, than now at the beginning when there is nothing but Serie A. And so that's a little bit more worried. And Milan, uh, it really depends because we, we saw Pioli with us was and also before uh, it's pretty unpredictable. You you, you can have a, an awesome game and then uh, you can have uh, a very a, a bad series of, of results. So you never know. And uh, Milan, I mean, they they got um, square now. They they have good players. I'm not gonna say they're gonna compete for for this cudetto but you know they they are gonna fight for champions league this season I, I i think so well what do you think bruno Uh look this is a mirror of last season
0: where we faced lazio and milan week after like one after another and i think it was pretty early on that this occurred as well so <clears throat> um look i think that you know it's always a challenge to face lazio in rome the benefit here is where we will have um no crowds, effectively, um, to the best of my knowledge. Not sure when they'll be allowing fans back in. But, um, yeah, like you said, Lazio, with the week's break in between games, they do – are very, well, they are very dangerous. And, um, you know, the, Lazio's transfer window story seems a lot like Inters where David Silva was almost, you know, and he was a Lazio player until the last minute changes to – Real associate that um, Inter, we have there is no confirmation yet of Tonali, but I do believe he has been. I
1: can't wait um, to get into that at the end of this, bro. Yeah,
0: so yeah, so uh, you know, it, it, it's sort of like that. And then you look at the Milan team, Zlatan signed on for another year, he got what he wanted. Um, we saw what they were like post-COVID under Pioli, where they actually, it was tore two years, con- yeah, yeah, two well, one year with the option to extend, but. Yeah, then we saw Milan were like post-COVID. They were the best team in Italy post-COVID um, under Pioli, which led to the um, fact where they cancelled the contract of the new coach to keep Pioli in. So, yeah, and my son agrees with me too. So I think that it's a bit of a um, <laughs> it's a bit of a question to be begging here, um, playing them early on before we find our feet. Is it a benefit? I think so, Um, especially with uh, the team Inter's going to be fielding as well because I can't tell you now, I can only tell you Lukaku's playing um, and Handanovic in goals. I don't know the rest of the squad, to be honest, at the moment. So, um, yeah, look, I think it's it's a great start. We've got Fiorentina, Lazio, Milan, and then we've got a bit of a break in between um, with the rest of the other teams before we face some bigger competition. So it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting, Anthony. So what do you think?
1: Well, I think that in baby language, Michele was actually saying, why didn't you sign Tonali? But I can't confirm that until I translated it on my baby machine. But after that, we have Parma at home, Atalanta away, which will be tough. Torino at home in Milan and then Sassuolo away so this little gap I like to call it crunch time this is the time where we can either drop stupid points to the teams that we've dropped points to under every manager except Conte or we can get those points like boys get those points at home against Parma away against Atalanta at home against Torino away against us I like the games at home I like the games against Parma and Torino at home I think in front of a San Siro where the fans will be backed uh, back and backing us I think that's a really, really big thing. Away games against Atalanta and Sassuolo are a big pain in the culo, but that's okay. You you obviously have to play those games no matter what. Last season we raced out to a 4-1 lead against Sassuolo. We pretty much effed up that game and won it 4-3, but I didn't enjoy the last 11 minutes, and I definitely know some other Inter fans didn't. The game against Atalanta really shitted me, Bruno and Alessandro, because I didn't like scoring with 13 minutes to go and then conceding not one, uh, wait, did we concede two? No, we conceded a penalty with like four minutes to go and Handanovic saved it like an absolute god. So that was really, really disappointing, to be honest. But let's face it, boys, the goal this season is to win the Scudetto. And if it's not, what is all of Contest whinging and moaning for? What's the point of sacrificing Tonali if we're not going for gold? If we're going to win this Scudetto... You can't drop points to Sassuolo or Torino or Parma or Atalanta, Alessandro. Maybe you won't be as uh, uh, you know aggressive as I am. But what do you think?
2: So if I'm not um, if I'm not mistaken, I think around this time we's, we're gonna also start our Champions League run. So that's that's correct. Be fun. Yeah, uh, that's gonna be fun. I don't know exactly when and between which games but uh, yeah I, Atalanta is going to be in Champions League too so they're going to have the same problem in case we are before or after the Atalanta game but yeah uh, I think everything depends on uh, how many points we do with uh, Fiorentina Lazio and and Milan and how we get those points and uh, I think after that we can either run uh with the with the autopilot and so it's, oh, hopefully uh we we get a good average of points or it's already it's it's already a little bit tricky at that point because as you were saying those are team parma atalanta Sassuolo. those are teams on paper which you have no no problem but then, it's, we always have problems. So uh, it really depends on the morale of the team and the conditions uh, and the physical conditions, of course. Uh, and all these, uh, without considering a possible return of COVID. And uh, I mean, if you look at the at the news right now, every team starts to have one or two cases, at least a, a lot, a, a good number of teams. So. And all around Italy, numbers are going up. So that's another thing to consider. Um, I, of, of course, I have no clue what is going to happen from now on. Uh, I hope they are prepared this time, and uh, and we can keep talking about football until the end of the season. Because otherwise, between Euro Cup and uh, Champions League, Europa League, and this and that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be the end of it. I don't know what they can uh, figure it out. Even though, uh, small parenthesis, I really like, I really enjoy the new format of Europa League and Champions League uh, as we played at the end of the um, last season, a few weeks ago. Uh, I really enjoy that format. That, that's it. Just one game. You know, now it's until the final. That's that's me. Bruno, what do you think?
0: Oh, look, I, I think um this the following the Milan game, all games after that are make or break, right? All games this season are make or break. Inter we had the fewest losses yep. and we still managed to finish um one point behind Juventus. We had the best. Bruno, defense. can you can you go
1: and Bruno? Can you go ahead and just talk about every fixture up until the match that we face Roma at home? Do you have the fixtures in front of you?
0: Yes, yes, I do. So, look, I think every game is a massive crunch time. So, you know, we've got from, um, we've got uh, after the games that Anthony mentioned, we've still got Genoa. Um, You know, we play uh, in Parma, uh, Atalanta and Torino in that order so those games there like ale said you've got champions league um we've got champions league we've got everything and this is where conti and marotta will either make or break inter this is these are the games where inter should be able to rotate their squads and 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 we still have a world-class squad on the pitch even though our preferred starters aren't starting um, so, yeah, we've got Genoa, Parma, Atalanta, Torino, and Susuolu. And then in December, we play Bologna, Caleri, Napoli, Spezia, and Hellas Verona. followed by Crotoni, Sampradoria. Um, and then we will get to those three games there. But those games there are crucial. We, they're, they're three points and only three points required. And that's where our season unraveled itself last year where we dropped, we had that 1-1 one, one draw um, to Parma, um, and then we dropped points to Bologna, you know, where we're dropping silly points. We drew with Lecce and so forth. So you've got issues on that front where this is where the transfer window is critical. And Conte has been, and, and we're going to cover this, and I don't want to touch too much on it, but Conte is very critical and very focused in the mind of the now. I want to win now. I'm not building a team for five years. I'm building a team for now. So that's where the Kolarovs, the Vidal's, and all of that are coming into it. Now, we've got Nangle and Dalbert returning from loan. Um, out of those three, I can probably see one remaining with Inter, and that's Nangle and, um, and then you've got Dalbert and Petrcic, who knows what's happening there? But, again, I'm not going into transfers. But on that front, we've got depth. We've got depth in the midfield. If, you know, Vidal signs, we've got Brozovic, Gagliadine, and all of that, so forth. So, let's rotate this squad. Let's utilise Ericsson to the best of his ability. Let's, let's let's have this. We've got Alexis. We've got everything there. So, these are the times where these games here against the Parmas, against the Spezia's against the... Um, Kiev's, the Hellas Veronas, where you 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 could still put not a second string team, but a team which is good enough, but isn't our first team, right? And, and that's where Inter mm-hmm. fell apart last season. You look at the Champions League game between Atalanta and PSG. PSG substitutes were world class substitutes. Right, De Maria comes off, Cavani, uh, not Cavani, sorry, um, Mbappe comes on. And um, as you mentioned earlier, th- th- that there's a trio at, um, at PSG. I think it's Ka- Neymar, De Maria, and someone else who have tested positive to COVID. But that's, you know what, let's, let's predict this season as if it's a standard season. Let's not talk about the ifs or the buts, but this period, where I think our biggest, um, our biggest issue, our biggest competition will be in Napoli on the sixteenth of December, or roughly. Um, you know, this period here is the period for Inter to build that gap, like we did last season. Right, we led to, we got to the halfway point of the season, we were sitting in second place, we were way ahead, and we're talking Champions League qualifications. And this was halfway through the season, and this is the exact period where we need to emphasize that we need to put our foot down full throttle and go and, 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 and take, the, take the fight to them, not let them bring the fight to us. Just how. Inter played that final game of the season against Atalanta. It was one of the most tactically beautiful games I've seen Inter play all season, and it was the last game of their season. So I don't know if there's going to be sacrifices between competitions and stuff. I can't see it happening because it's Conti as our manager, but I see this run of games being the make or break point for Inter season. And I'm talking only, we're only going to be, you know, 18 games in. That's how yeah. critical this is, right? Yeah. By, by the halfway point, we will know, one, do we have a chance against the Scudet, um, for the Scudetto? Two, are we even going to bother with qualifying for Champions League? We will know because this patch of games is make or break. doesn't matter if any of these teams are on fire. Um, Inter should have the squad good enough to bury these teams. What do you think?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And please interrupt me, boys, if my connection is weak. Um, I truly, truly believe I agree with you, Bruno. Very well said. And I love the way that you've incorporated the other contextual information like Kolarov and Vidal so that we don't need to spend too much time at the end of the fixture list discussing it. Because I would agree we are building that squad with depth. We are building that squad that maybe Conte can look over his shoulders and go, okay, my starting midfielder is injured. Maybe I don't have one, but I've got two options on the bench that aren't Gagliardini or Valero. We're very sorry that Valero has left. And Bruno, you and I have to put our hands up. We honestly thought for a long time, he was gonna stay just because of his market value and the fact that his contract wasn't even that big, but you know, we've decided to save the funds there whatever the financial um, experts at the club decide is best. Don't, don't,
0: don't. Let's not talk about legends leaving because my favorite (laughs) player, Bernie (laughs) has departed ways with Inter. Wow. And in our last podcast of it's worldwide uncut, uncut, uncensored, whatever it was, I praised the guy and said, he is the guy that just makes the Inter Inter. And you know what? He, he gets Conte his
1: red cards, yeah? He gets Conte yeah. his red cards. And, and, That's and all you know right, what? bro. Because At the end
0: we're of just. The day, he departed. <laughs> yeah. Not with the, with this beautiful post, but not with a standard picture, a picture of the turf on his head, on his bald head, just in true Bernie fashion. <laughs> <Yeah>. But anyway, <laughs> let's get back on track to the. Uh, let's get back on track. So to wait, wait, wait. You,
2: you praise Bernie and he left. You praise Borja Valera and he left. Can you praise He's an, an idiot. Bro,
0: he yet, for a <laughs> I've been praising the signal for years, mate. I've been praising the <laughs> signal for years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Man, like, all I want to say is that Padelli signed a new contract, but I hope he's signing a contract to be our third choice keeper because, as we've discussed on this podcast before, most professional football clubs in the world have three goalkeepers, not two goalkeepers and a mascot that gets red cards on the sidelines like Berni. But I do love Berni, but I'm so glad the club actually finally, at the end of one goddamn season, turned around and went, Oi, you're not a football player, eh? You're not a goalkeeper, right? He's
0: one of those those guys that applied for a job and didn't (laughs) realise what the job was until he got the job. But you know what? He was one of our lowest paid (laughs) players. But look, let's continue on the season. What do you think, guys? Is this make or break? This section.
1: It is because it represents um, points like Spezia at home, Verona away, Crotone at home, Sampdoria away. Roma away is tricky, but this is the period of time where you want to gather points for momentum purposes. So I would agree with everything um, Bruno says. We're going to finish off with the last three games of the season. Um, I know we you know, basically ended the last bracket with it, but Roma away at the Olimpico. Inter versus Juventus will be played match day 18 17th of January, 2021. The reverse fixture will be played on the 16th of May, 2021. Ragazzi, si è vero, we will play Juventus on the second last day of the season. Mate, it's only kind of hit me right now as I've done this podcast. Alessandro seems sweaty and ready. Go for it, bro.
2: No, I mean, honestly, we we can't analyze every single team of the the Serie right now, but Personally, I think uh, there are three games that are fundamental for our season. Because at the end of the day, uh, every team can draw points during the Serie A. Uh, but if you can win those three games, uh, you have a chance to win Serie A. And I'm talking about uh, the three teams, that, in my opinion, are going to be in Champions League next year. Uh, I'm not going to say the order because, of course, I don't know. But uh, I think, other than us, next year in Champions League are going Juventus, Napoli, and Milan. You wow, this-
1: well said.
2: You beat these three teams. Hopefully, in, in uh sixth game, you, you win four of them uh, then you have a real opportunity to, to win but one of them needs to be Juventus at least one of them because if you think of last season we've, yes. we lost both we know how we lost the second one it, it was not even supposed to be played that game but you win one of that, uh, those games and the, the end of the season will be completely different so and that's the last gap that we need to, um, you know, um, how do you say, it? to um the, well, the it's last, the last gap we need to close between. Yeah, close.
0: But the, you, last season, you. we took points off every team in the Serie A other than Juventus. That's
1: and what if we're going completely to. Completely killed it, but.
0: Yes. And you know what? Inadvertently, we win one game, that's six points turnaround. Three points hey, onto yep. us and three points off Juventus, right? Exactly. And, and you know what? We could have went that whole season and only lost two games, both to Juventus and we could have won the Scudetto, but did we beat the best team in Italy? No. No. Nah. Right? Our last three games are critical and Ale, I like how you've, I like how you've got a short, um, a short top four in Inter, Juventus, Milan, Napoli. But I, I I can't narrow it down that much at the moment.
2: Aye. I
0: honestly cannot narrow it down to those four teams. Because you've got teams like Roma who have new owners, money to throw around. You've got Lazio who are running on the hype of last season. And they, they've got belief. Immobile just signed a five-year deal with them again. And then you've got Atalanta who Gasparini has done wonders with them. And if it wasn't for a 90-minute-plus goal in the Champions League, they went toe-to-toe with PSG to the final minutes, right? So I think by match day 18, match day 19, we'll, be, we'll see who's in contention for the Scudetto. We'll, we'll see who's in contention for top four. But I can't narrow it down to such infinite numbers because at the end of the day, these are just really... This season is... I, I, I feel this season's going to be one of the most exciting because almost every club in the top eight, top nine, has had a positive go their way. Yes, um, you know they've all improved. Juventus, I can't, I can't tell you enough. Juventus looked at last season as a failure, and they're not going to be making the same mistakes this season. And there's rumours of Luis Suarez. There's there's millions of rumours circulating who they're going to be signing. So, you, 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 every team is going to be strengthening. Um, and we'll talk about it, if not today, next podcast, where we'll cover the other teams or a transfer pod. Yes, if we can't take points off Juventus, we can't um, we can't win the Scudetto. But at the same time, you look at the fixtures on that Juventus match day, other than Inter's. You've got the Roman in Lazio derby to start with, right? So if we're all up there together, you've got that game as well as the inter-game happening at the same time. What I like about this year's fixtures is there's more than one amazing game
1: each match week. So, yeah, I noticed that you, they made I think they did that on purpose, out to make sure there was some sort of blockbuster or local Italian derby literally almost every match day. Man, I think that was yeah, the whole point. Did you want to turn it, into, tune into their announcement live? It was very yeah, tactical,
0: it was very phenomenal. They started with Inter Juventus,
1: and yeah, I thought,
0: uh, that, was I thought that was match day one. Me too, and I shit myself. So, look, if the season <laughs> goes from match day one. So match day 36 or whatever it is, without any interruption, without any breaks to COVID or anything along those lines, we are looking at one of the most intense, exciting and unpredictable seasons the Serie A has seen in a very long long time. The last time the season was this exciting was 2005-06. When Juventus got ripped the could that pull away from
1: <laughs> Why do you have to do that? Go, Ale. <laughs> just one
2: thing can I add just one thing about my my short list? Because I completely agree with you. This year a lot of teams are good. But if you if you go through them, uh, Roma, Lazio, Atalanta, I think all of them have uh, some reason not to be in the top four. Well, uh, Juventus, as always, is going to be in the top four no matter what. They they have Pirlo as a coach. Nobody knows shit about uh, Pirlo as a coach. No, even Pirlo knows how he's going to coach, probably, because he never did that before. So that's that's a big question, but it doesn't matter. I think you can have a broom as a coach at Juventus, and the team is going to keep winning in one way or another. So it doesn't matter. If it's not the... I mean, you bring in uh, Suarez and the new midfield they have. I mean, honestly, you you can have just a random person from the street as a coach, and the team is going to keep winning. And again, one way or another. If it's not the team, it's something other BS, but that's a different story. Uh, and I think that's why it's very important to win at least one game against them. Not just for the points, it's, it's for a, a, a mental reason. If we can prove we can beat them after so many years, it mentally, can unlock something in this freaking team that, that we support. Then, if you go agree, down bro. Napoli last season, I mean most of the people were they thought that Napoli was going to be way t- on top if not first in second position And they screw up Ancelotti screw up then they bring in uh, Gattuso and he needed time But if you go and look at the end of last season Napoli was amazing on top of that they brought in uh, a spectacular striker I think it's going to be a revelation of this uh, Serie A. Yep. And Na- Napoli, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough team this year, unless they, seen, they screw up you seen, like last year.
1: Have you seen how motivated they look in preseason training and when they're going at it with their coach, Ale? They look ready yeah, to no, go, they
2: are, man. They are on a mission. And and yep. finally, Mivan, uh the... They are building something. They need a time. Um, but I think uh, confirming Pioli, bringing in all the, the players that uh, they had last, last season and some new face, and, uh, and on top of that, bring a great perspective like Tonali. I think they are in a good, uh, in a good spot. Uh, Roma with the new ownership and the usual problem that they have, I don't think it's gonna be as consistent uh, as other teams to be in the top four. Lazio, if they don't make uh, some crazy spending uh, in this month, they don't have a backup team to 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 run for uh, the first position and um, or the first top uh, the the first four position and Coppa Italia, and Champions League. Because last year, they didn't give a shit about Europa League, but they need to play this Champions League. Just for the money, probably. But they need to play. So they're not going to be focused just in Serie A. And last, Atalanta. I wish they had a season like last year. But honestly, they had a season like that because other teams were not playing at at a good level. Napoli fell off, Milan fell off. Roma was, you know, uh, very uh, discontinuous. So, Atalanta play an awesome soccer, uh, but um, last year they were helped by uh, other team not playing that well. That's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I would agree, man. Like, there's so many competitive teams this season. Everyone's going out of their way to improve themselves because it is 2020, man, and, like, football is a business more than ever. You need exposure. You need to make the UEFA Champions League. This is at the forefront of every club that has the opportunistic reach to make the Champions League. Lazio, Roma, Napoli, Juventus, Milan, Inter. We've got the luxury at the moment. Serie A is not a shit league, contrary to what a lot of epl fanboys might say this is a good league it's a technical league and there are going to be a lot of clubs this season fighting for domestic success whether it's for financial gain like making the champions league and for pedigree or for winning silverware at the end of the day i I would agree like i just want inter to win something i want inter to go forth and challenge and i like that the boys have incorporated little stories into this um podcast because now we can move forward to these stories and talk a little bit more in depth Big shout out to my boy Alessandro for starting the trend of Sandro Tonali on this podcast. A good season and a half ago. I was convinced we had this kid wrapped. I don't even need to fake how much I wanted this kid. This is a great midfielder. I know he doesn't play like Pidlo. He's got that Brescia hair-like connection, but he plays more like an Albertini kind of player. I just really wanted him because he represented the trajectory we were going in like Alessandro and I have discussed so much in the past. Yosensi, Barella, Bastoni, this trend that we've been going on, it felt like Tonali was a missing piece of the puzzle. He's accepted his boyhood dream to Milan, but the fact that he was ready to move to this club for so long and he was convinced himself means that we did everything right. Something changed though, right at the death. I'm happy to talk about this for a good few minutes. Alessandro, you're going to go first and Bruno's going to go second. Ale?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, if you remember two years ago, even before on the previous podcast, I, I mentioned two players. One was Barella and the other one was Tonali. And I was so excited when we got, uh, when we got Barella and I was ready to be super excited for Tonali. Um, that's not going to happen, probably and um, that's pretty upsetting to me um, because if we look at the new generation of Italian players, we already gave Zaniolo to Roma and now we're giving Tonali to Milan and uh, of course we have Barella and I don't know, Sensi. Uh, I I wouldn't put Sensi in um, in that list personally I, I put Bastoni for sure, um, but if you think at the midfield that we could have with Parella, Zaniolo, uh, and Tonali, and yes, yes, just, it's it's just heartbreaking. Uh, but of course, um, uh, Ausilio gave some BS story just yesterday about I don't know we didn't have money or, I don't know, some other stupid reasons. Uh, honestly, I don't know what's behind this move. I hope there's going to be a big surprise, and I, I, I trust uh, what they're doing so far, uh, even though it, it's really, I don't know, it's uh, it's kind of heartbreaking not, not having this player. Uh, I was really looking forward to have Tonali at Inter, but uh, I hope uh, we get somebody else even better, um, more ready. That's that's all I hope. I, I don't want somebody so experienced like uh color of a Vidal or something. Um, if we want to say like old, even if, come on, they're not old. Um, but somebody ready. Uh, you know, that's all. Bruno, uh, take it away.
0: Look, I can tell you exactly what happened, how it happened, and when it happened. <laughs> right. So no, I'm 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 being I'm being very, very, very serious here. Inter were linked to Tonali all season. Confirmed. Brescia said, look, Tonali's an Inter player. blah, 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 blah. Then the meeting between Conte, Zhang, and Marotta went ahead. After that meeting, Conte was our manager. Inter no longer wanted Tonali. Now I said this earlier in this podcast here. Inter are building a team for now. They're not building a team to be dominant for the next 10 years. They're building a team to win now. They want to win now and they want to win fast. And that's Conti. Now, Tonali, yes, great prospect. Italian, all Italian midfield. We've seen how great teams are when they link up so well. Look at Bazzagli, Bonucci and Cellini at um, Juventus, they were the national defence, they were the Juventus defence, you, 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 we could have had something similar to that at Inter, but we, we still do we still do, and we've got Sensi, Barella and they're fantastic, it's the future of Italian football, but <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm being dead straight honest here Conti wants to win now, and right now Tonali isn't a great player Tonali's not a fantastic player. Oh, yeah, I've, I've spoken to numerous people about Tonali, and they follow the Serie very avidly. And I said, describe Tonali. First word all of them said, inconsistent, overhyped, immature. Right? And that is something we cannot risk to have in this squad. Yes, he, he, You're he
1: always he... like this, Alessandro. You know that, yeah? Like, no, I'm, no, I'm dra- not always like this. It. Because, it's you know, like how many
0: stupid... How many stupid yellow cards last season did Tonali get for going off at a referee because oh his hair was blocking his eyes and he tripped on something right <laughs> he he, right. he was
2: immature and he didn't know how to deal talk with about, it talk about talk about yellow cards think of Barella he is yes only- ba- oh. Barella Barella oh.
0: Barella Barella would back it up with his performances. Yeah. The, the second game where Interplay the second time Inter played Brescia this season when we won 6-0. Did, did I saw Tonali was on the lineup, but I didn't see him on the pitch. And how can you expect to have a player who plays for a team like Brescia not try and play his heart out for the club he's apparently linked to? Okay. I didn't see enough consistency from Tanali to warrant him proper potential this season. If we were rebuilding, wow. if we were rebuilding and we had, we had a manager like Gasparini or something like that where we could put our faith in them and say, yes, let's rebuild. Yes, put your faith in Tonali. But when you've got a mission and your mission is trophies and your, the mission is trophies this season, you can't risk it. When you've got, on the other hand, players like Vidal, Players like Kolarov, who are proven, who have proven themselves. Kolarov played um, Vidal played with Pirlo at Juventus. He played with Messi at Barcelona. He's won titles. He's won trophies. He's won everything. Right? You can't take that away from him. And you've someone got someone at
1: Inter hire Bruno. Honestly, man. Right? Brilliant. No, but I'm saying
0: I'm being dead serious. If we're going to win something this season. We can't yep. put hopes and dreams on the field. We yeah. need to put cold, hard facts. And those cold, hard facts are a beautiful Chilean um, link-up between Alexis <laughs> and Vidal right? You've got proven um, Lukaku and apparently into signing De Bruyne. So that's a Belgium link right <laughs> yeah, there. right. Nah, in my dreams. But I'm saying you've got proven <laughs> players and talent on the field, okay? If Tanali goes to Milan and turns out to be the biggest flop, you will all turn to me and and, and say you were right.
2: Right? Yeah, but yeah, if Bonali goes
0: to Milan this season and you know nothing develops of him. You will turn around and say, well look you were right Bruno. He played okay but not <laughs> enough to beat not enough to beat Juventus. He wouldn't have been the decisive factor in you know, a game against Juventus or a game against Barcelona in the Champions League. Well I wouldn't say Barcelona in the Champions League because they're hopeless now, and they're getting rid of all their players. But
1: no, we probably you know, will get them three years in a row in the group. You know that, yeah? Oh, fingers crossed! mate. fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: can I, can I, can I say just one thing? I mean, I completely agree with you, ninety percent what you said. Uh, but uh, I. I love the move for Vidal. I love Colorov. I had Kolarov, uh I don't know, five, five years in a row on my Fanta Calcio. Uh, I love the guy. I'm so happy they both yes. joined our team. But uh, if Colorov joins Inter at 1.5 million and Vidal joins Inter for free and Tonali's cost is 10 million plus whatever next year, I think we should take the opportunity to spend this 10 million now and keep a player that is an awesome perspective. It's not consistent. Sure. He's fucking 19. Brozovic, <laughs> that is way older, is not consistent and is our starter. So I think spending 10 million to have this player that can be good in one or two years I'm not I'm not saying let's buy tonali and play it on the field uh, weekend we not uh, on top of Ericsson or Vidal or whoever I'm not saying that I don't see oh, it look I, I know I know what, I know what you're saying but look at it like
0: this and you brought up a great point Coloradoa for 1.5 Vidal potentially for free but think of it like this Osilio is a businessman all right, he's he, he is he is the puppeteer, Marotta's the puppeteer to Asilio. All right, and he came out and he said what he said the other day. Sure. Now, if in, if he came out and said, Look, Inter wants to sell A, B, and C, the value of A, B, and C drops because everyone knows Inter doesn't want them. Mm-hmm. If he turned around and said, Look, Inter, we're going for Ngolo Kante and we're going for this, it just tells Chelsea. Well, Chelsea, you tell us what you want, not let's go in there and lowball them, right? But my mind, when the Tonali deal fell through, and I said this both to you boys, there is something bigger on the cards. There is something more definitive and definite on the cards. Something where we're not taking a risk on a prospective player. We're, We're getting a great player. So I hope it's not Bernadeschi. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well you but, said the great player sorry but <laughs> no but look look I, i'm being serious here in that sense right so they've mm-hmm. got something in the in, in they've got something in the in the pipeline now we're recording this podcast 48 hours after the transfer window has opened so yep. there hasn't been really much traction and but by the time we post this podcast there might be something that might have happened. But I do remember, and Anthony will back me up, last year in the transfer window, there was a, there was a post and it, uh, there was a newspaper report and it said, Stefano Sensi signed for Milan. Two days yeah. later,
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was
0: an interplay. But look, this is a fantastic segue into the next part of the podcast. Okay, who are we going to get? right? We, we've already mentioned Kolarov. We've already mentioned Vidal, right? Now, now, who else will make this Inter team complete, guys?
2: Yeah. And, and, way, and the let's the talk realistically. Thing, the, the same thing happened with Lukaku. There was already a Juventus player until it was an Inter one.
1: So,
2: yes. You never know. You never know. But,
0: um, okay. Anthony, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this to you straight away, right? Um, and I'll wrap it up at the end here, but who... And, and being reasonable, who do you think is on Inter's radar and what will it take to get them there?
1: I'm very happy with Kolarov the same way Alessandro said, because he is a very good footballer, guys. He's the kind of player that can age gracefully and still do a job. Now, we've mentioned this on the podcast before, and this is a universal thought from you boys to Christian Rivas to everybody else that's come on this podcast. If you can tactically adapt to SEDIA, you've basically promoted the longevity of your career by an extra 20%. Like, this is a very tactical league. You can do a very specific job in a squad in SEDIA that you can't do in Germany, in Spain, in England, in France, in Holland. I truly believe that anywhere else in the world. This is a very tactical league. So getting Kolodov on a one-year, one-year, 1 million, 1.5 million deal, this is a brilliant transfer. This is a 10 out of 10. This ticks every box in the book. This guy's a set-piece specialist. He can take left-handed side free kicks. He can play left-wing back, left-mid, left-back, left-centre back, back, behind Bastoni. This is a Brilliant deal. It sucks that he's 38 because it really dampens the like just how good the deal is. I'm so happy if Kolarov comes in. Now, I recorded a video on Kolarov today, it's literally waiting to be uploaded. But, like, you know, us we have to wait for the official statement. I've been burned before, we've all been burned before. Um, I'm so happy with Vidal, super happy. Bruno's always that sense of reason to me in terms of the present, the now, like what happens now. He wasn't sold on Barella because Bruno likes to watch us succeed straight away. Barella is not only a man for now, he's a man for the future and everything. He's brilliant, he's everything that we wanted him to be. I agree with Bruno when he says that Tonali's not proven yet. He is a little inconsistent, but Alessandro also makes a great point. If Milan was able to finance that deal right now, why could we not? It's frustrating, but did Tonali want to come in as the fifth or sixth choice midfielder? I think we are going to incorporate Christian Eriksen a lot more in this midfield next season. That's a critical factor. Not many people seem to realize yet. This guy could very well be a starter, game in, game out. And then when you look at the rest of our midfield squad, you're like, holy hell, we've still got Sensi, Barella, Brozovic. Let's not forget about the engine. It sucks when he's in all the wrong headlines for driving drunk, getting booked drunk, wanting to go to Bayern Munich, buying frozen pizza when you live in Italy. For God's sake, just go and buy some fresh pizza. You live in Italy, brother. But honestly, we're stacked with depth in midfield. So the Tonali deal is actually easing on a little bit. Nainggolan, thank you. That was the next point in the podcast. It actually looks like this guy wants to come back and play. I was wrong last season, Bruno. Remember I posted the video online of Raja throwing up gang signs on the plane with Perisic, and I'm like, Eshez, we got Perisic at left wing back, Nangalan's coming in to play defensive mid again, we'll be fine. Literally two days later, they're both on two separate planes out of Milan, so... I don't want to talk too much, man. So you can take over from here, Bruno. I guess I'll leave off with saying Ericsson could start. So we've got the depth. Nainggolan's coming back. So we've got the depth. I'll back up what Ale and you just said. Vidal's a proven winner. So we've got the depth. Barella is everything we wanted him to be. And Brozovic is staying. Maybe missing out on Tonali ain't so bad, bro.
0: How about you, Ale? Because Anthony completely missed my point. Who do you think this <laughs> is going for in this transfer window? Um, and so think, realistically,
2: <laughs> yeah. So I think
0: what What do you
1: want me to say, bro? Messi's coming in tomorrow. Who else is linked? I said Kolarov. I said Vidal. We missed Tonali. I guess Messi's arriving tomorrow. Yeah, there's
2: no one else. <laughs> so um, something. Uh, so we. Definitely to cover our uh, left wing. And uh, it would be great to have another striker to give some rest to Lukaku, Lautaro, and they're tired. I think those are our main uh, points. Uh, but there are rumors of Brazovic leaving or Skriniar leaving. So if one of the two leaves, we need to cover that spot. Meaning, if Brazil leaves, we're going to go for another midfielder. And if Skirinha leaves, I think we're going for Kumbula, uh, if you're not going anyway. Um, names, at this point, uh, there are no, no names around. But if you think about it, uh, there were no rumors o- about Akimi. And in 24 hours, uh, Kimi was an Inter player. Um, came out of the blue, and uh, it, you know, it was basically a done deal. It was just to to find the the right amount between Inter and Roma. Uh, initial request was two millions. We went down 1.5. So, uh, but. Um, if something moves uh, right now, we will know the day before the, the deal is done. And honestly, I love this new aspect of Inter because uh, until a uh, very recent past, there were this like tormentoni, these like uh, rumors that kept going all summer about names coming in and that never happened at the end of the day. Um, so I'm honestly I'm, I'm not stressed out. i'm um, I'm really happy with what uh, Marotta Auxilio, the uh, Zhang family is doing, and they I, I can see that they want to to win something next year, and I'm sure they know who to buy. Uh, but if I think we are gonna start the season with Dalbert. Uh, on the <laughs> left, uh, that's kind of concern for me <laughs> uh, because Biragi is
1: better. Contrary to what a couple of people on this podcast as well might say, Biragi is still better, and he likes the badge and he likes Conte. I'm much more comfortable with Biragi than I am with Dalbert, Alessandro.
2: Sure. Uh he proved last year with number of assists and goal that he's better than Albert and Albert proved uh Fiorentino uh, that he's not a Serie A player. Uh but even if they renew the loan that I don't know, so far I I I don't think they will. Even if they renew the the loan and they bring back Biragi are you gonna play Biragi and uh, and young all season and uh, hope to win something. I-, I think we need a little mm-hmm. bit of upgrade because on one side we're gonna have yeah. Akimi um Moses and uh, D'Ambrosio. Candreva. Kondrava uh, uh, seems to ready to leave. Uh, there are teams mm. interested in Kondrava. We can still get some money. From I, I mean, no, I like
1: he's. I, I, when, went, when you, I, your father, yeah, I when your father passes away, I will take every, yeah, yeah. When your father passes away, I will take everything with a grain of salt. Like he lost his dad this week. So any sort of headline that comes out about Canter ever, I'm just looking at it and going, no, 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 no. I'm not looking at it until he says something himself. Yeah. What do you think? No,
2: I mean, those I'd love
1: to keep him though, because he performed so well under Conte. You know, he upped his level by like yeah. 30%, 40%.
2: Absolutely, no, those rumors were, were, uh, came out before the tragic news uh, and as soon as that happened, right now there are no more rumors about, uh, about any transfer or anything about Kandreva and uh, that's uh, just just um, so, but um, going back to my point we need a striker, we need a, a, a left uh, wing back Names, no idea. Dreams, yeah. Uh, I can say Davis from uh, yeah. Bayern Munich, it's not gonna move. Uh, what and, about uh, Gossenzo Alaba? Um, sure, sure, I take him. Mm. Uh, and the striker, the ideal candidate will be Zeco, but uh, I don't think the new president is gonna sell. Zeko as a first move?
1: No, I heard that um, there were a couple of players on that untouchable list, and one of them was Zagnolo, Or the second one was Zeko, the third one was Pellegrini, so that's a good yeah. move from the president, to be honest. Those are three personalities that you actually want um, in your team. We've been talking for over an hour, so I'm um, ready to wrap it up, although Bruno has spent a weird amount of time quiet for himself. Um, Bruno, anything to add in terms of our fixture list, and our, you know what—keep it with transfer targets, man. Do you see anything happening in the next maybe like few days yes. or a week that you can yes. leak a little bit? Come on, Bruno. Come on, come on. Uh,
0: look, look, look. I, uh, nice. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna link Messi to Inter because we all know what's happening. Um, but no, look. In all seriousness, guys, I, 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 I do think there is, a, a, and. We know Marotta and we've learned Marotta. And you know what? We saw it with Marotta Juventus, right? And transfers happen with this guy at the helm without there being a whisper of it until it yes. happens, right? Yes. We saw what it was like with Hakimi. I did not even know we were linked to Hakimi.
1: Can I jump in for one sec, man? Do you remember, like, it was about a year ago or a year and a half ago... Spalletti was our coach. And even then, the message was sent, Inter works in silence. That was almost the first sentence that Marotta said when he came to the club. We will work in silence. But he has stayed pretty true to that word. I've got to say, man, it's very impressive. Look,
0: and and, and that is how the best, and football is no longer a sport. It's a business, right? And that is how the best business works. You go out there and say, "Oh, look, we really like that player there." Well, one, it's going to draw the attention of all the clubs as to why do we like this player, and two, it's going to ramp up the price. Whereas you've got, you know, what well, even Inter with Lukaku, right? Juventus were heavily linked to the guy, but Marotta pulled the magic, pulled the strings, and by the time and, and, and there was a report, I don't know if it came out halfway through this season during COVID. Right. But there was a report that came out that said when the Juventus rumors of Lukaku, when Juventus contacted Manchester United in regards to Lukaku, Lukaku had already agreed to terms and signed with Inter pending medical. And that is how Marotta works. So there is definitely things happening. This guy, he's taken... He, he he's drinking his café. He's he's on he's on a lot of short blacks today because this guy works non-stop. I trust free him free. a lot. Like, like he, I trust honestly, him blue Right, and yeah. And, and, yeah. and and we were linked to Ngolo Kanté. Right, and people are saying that's no, fucking ridiculous. You can't do that. You can't get that play. There is no way. One, with Marotta, he has shown us there is always a way. And two, look See. at. Chelsea's signing so far this season, right? This transfer window, they need to offload players. They need to. They need to bring some money in because the money that's going out, they are building a formidable team, but they have to get rid of someone, right? Now, N'Golo Kante, I can see that happening, especially with the new attacking mentality that looks to be Chelsea. But like Ale said, like you said, like I'm saying, I, I can't give names because we're not linked to anyone because when we're linked to it, it happens. Now, there was a rumour of Inter with the winger uh, Muhammad Fares from Spa, which is interesting because he was also a Lazio target. But again, I just feel let's reconvene in a week's time and there'll be a lot more traction, a lot more happening because even now you've got... Um, The League, uh, the Nations League starts uh, in about 12 to 18 hours. Um, So a lot of these players that Inter, you've got to think, Inter aren't going for players who aren't on national teams. So a lot of the players Inter are going for, are going to be playing in these competitions for their national teams. So you're not going to have much traction. A week from today, guys, we'll have a lot more news to spread. We'll have a lot more news
1: to talk about. Mad, mad, mad. Good traction, good traction. I like it a lot. Um, Anything to add, Alessandro, or are you happy to wrap it up from here?
2: Uh, I was just thinking, uh, can somebody tell me how much we spend for um, Sanchez? Nothing. Uh, I believe Sanchez Uh
1: came in, yeah, Bruno can do this one way better.
2: Nothing. How much much do we spend for Vidal, if he's Signing
0: so, as... if, so Marotta's request that he go to Barcelona and get his contract terminated. Therefore, it will be uh-huh. nothing.
2: Uh-huh. No, we're not signing
0: uh, Kante for nothing.
2: How much? How much should <laughs> we spend for Coloro? How much should we spend for Hakimi? I mean, Coloro. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Kolarov, can answer this. Look, look,
0: Color Um, uh, it, 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 the money we spent to get Coloro Zhang wipes his ass with at night. Like (laughs) it it is virtually nothing. Hakimi, on the other hand, it's it's a.
1: It's Marotta, bro. It's a silence deal. Like you don't drop thirty-five to forty million in forty-eight hours without someone of Marotta's stature doing that shit in the background. That's a Don Pepe tattoo on your body.
0: Yeah. So look, I get what you're saying, Ale. But um, yeah, look, I think. Let's, let's, we'll catch up in a week, a week and a half's time and we'll have a lot more to talk about in regards to the transfer and the Italian, the
2: inter-squad.
1: If we can get Vidal on a free as well as the Colletoff for 1.5 mil, like it's a masterstroke no matter how much you look at it. Honestly, like I know the Tonale deals stings, but when you lock up deals like that, like don't overlook it for what it is. That's genius level business in the world of football so but that's the boys disagree not, that's why i'm not
2: pulling my hair off not only because yeah, i don't right, have hair but right. uh it's just because <laughs> that's way that's way the end of this transfer market it just started two days ago and right, we have right. a whole month and a half to go so let's you know everybody stay calm i i'm sure <laughs> i so uh, be sure
1: you're telling Inter fans to stay calm, bro. Like, do the maths in your head. You know? Inter, man, I love. <laughs> 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 All right, my boys, Alessandro, Bruno, like, amazing as always. I'm so thankful to be able to do this podcast after, after a couple of weeks of being busy. Um, we'll sign off today by saying, Forza Inter. Alessandro, gracias, fratello.
2: Ciao.
1: Ciao, ciao. Bruno, from uh, where I can basically hook up a microphone and call your name. See you later, man.
0: So Laira, thank you
1: and for saying to us. As-